1: Severe MMA, severe MMA, <laughs> severe MMA, severe MMA. The severe MMA podcast is finally
0: here. Welcome, welcome everybody! It's episode two hundred and seventy-nine of the severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheen, aka the Pod God. Uh, Shawnee Podcasts, everything else as well. Joined today by uh, Andy Stevens to talk about a bit of MMA. It's actually the second time we're recording this because somehow uh, Audacity fucked up the initial recording. So we, we only how many, how many, we got like two minutes in, so it wasn't too bad because we deposit it for a second. But uh, hopefully it's working correctly if this you, time.
1: You lost the recording in the middle of me giving the greatest in, uh, interview ever.
0: Yeah, was, was that yeah it? it was just brilliant. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. that, like, it's like the last interviews or something. It was that intro, that two minutes. We'll yeah. never see podcasting like that again like You know? That was... Yeah. Th- I, was exp- I was just
1: explaining Einstein's theory of relativity to you there. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. But unfortunately, unfortunately, we didn't capture <laughs> we
0: didn't, it. We just didn't capture it. it. We actually solved all of the unsolved uh, mathematical fucking equations that have never been solved. But unfortunately, yeah, it's gone the, now. It's yes. It's gone. Uh, how are you? Doing? What were we talking about? I think what we were talking about is... I, uh, um, the last time we did a podcast, I talked to someone afterwards and they were like saying how anyone in MMA who has been in it for a long time has kind of been dragged down by it, you know, and when you're in anything really, I think you're kind of dragged down by it. And it's very hard to keep the, the joie de vivre, although I try at times, but I fail at times as well. But obviously you're newer to covering MMA anyway, watching MMA for a good while, but newer to covering MMA and you seem to have like a, a still a bit of a joy for it, which is, I'm a bit jealous of to be honest, but with all these kind of average cards recently like, and the cards have been good but on paper like nothing to kind of get excited about have, have you been able to get up from like because i i said at the weekend or, or yesterday i tweeted out it was like there's one single card or one, one single fight in this card the, the ufc the angela hill watterson card that i actually care about or i'm actually like excited for and usually like okay bobby green a little bit but turned out to be an okay fight but like all you Every card, there's always something, you know, maybe, you know, there'd be an Irish fighter on it, or maybe Cowboy would be on it, or maybe the main event would be good or something like that, but last night there was just nothing for me, for, for you, is there, are you doing better kind of finding things or finding like people you care about than I am?
1: Yeah, no, I I haven't really been up for them too much to be honest. Even though um, obviously, like you're talking about, kind of you watching the sport a lot longer and, and covering it longer and being a bit burnt out and stuff. But um, there's nothing really drawing you in for these cards, or for, well, for for this card in particular, there wasn't really much drawing you in. Like obviously, there's some good cards coming up, and there's been good fights um in recent times. But it's just the the way it is right now with the pandemic, and it's mainly U.S. based fighters for the for the most part here. So there's a, a smaller pool to draw from for for the UFC, um, and then with the frequency they have going. Like it's, you're, you're never gonna get these big massive fights every week. So um unfortunately this week was particularly just not great. Um but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like yeah, <laughs> the one yeah, the one fight in the card Michelle Waters and Angela Hill, like was, but at the same time I was thinking, oh, like this is gonna be five rounds of probably a decision that's gonna be just nip and tuck, which will be entertaining. And it was, it was a great fight, but um just there was not there was no I kind of expected a decision um so like when it's just one fight that you're looking forward to you'd hope it maybe it'd be a submission or or a knockout or like that element of the unknown where you're thinking oh there's danger here but i never really had that for Waterson versus hill even though it was a good fight
0: yeah i think before we get into the fight itself i think the one good thing especially like doing this podcast is the, the fights themselves and the characters themselves have actually been pretty good so like doing this podcast usually like doing this podcast two years ago or a year ago we probably spent like you know, uh, 50% of it talking about the cards from last night and the other 50% or maybe, you know, 40% uh, talking about the um, the fights coming up next week. Whereas now we're like two minutes at the end of the fights coming up next weekend because they aren't that exciting but yeah. wants to happen afterwards you kind of get excited about them or there's a kick in the balls or something like that or something you know something noteworthy actually happens with them so you know I'm, i suppose being a bit negative <laughs>
1: this, but... yeah th- this card specifically it kind of ha- reminded me of like one of the early bellator europe dublin cards um mm-hmm. where like there's no real like, there's no meaning behind any of the fights except for <laughs> with the bellator dublin cards i at least had the the aspect of oh, like i'm looking forward to seeing like 15 different irish fighters that I've been following for the last couple of years um, so whereas this one didn't even have that so it's kind of like you're watching and going okay I know these fighters like I obviously know uh, Roxanne Mataferi Andrea Lee Ed Herman like even Billy Quarantino and all these lads but like you just don't really it doesn't there's nothing drawing you in you don't care even though like I enjoyed a lot of the fights but there was no, there's no story behind it there's no ranking like I think is there, was the main event the only people that were in the rankings? Maybe, yeah, maybe Roxanne Madafairi and Lee. Lee, yeah
0: as well,
1: Um But like, yeah. that's it. Um So like, you're not, you just, yeah, there's nothing to it really.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but I haven't said that, I suppose. It wasn't, it wasn't the worst card in the world. Um It was give, pretty funny. Was some great,
1: yeah. some great fights. That mm-hmm. Alexander Romanov versus uh, Rocky Martinez fight was just beautiful.
0: I haven't seen that yet. Give us uh, <laughs> oh, that give It was peak, uh,
1: as I think Brad Wharton or... or Keith Galvin on Twitter uh, pointed out I think it was peak uh, like unranked heavyweight mm. MMA um, where basically I said it was I, I might have been wrong I went back and forth with Kaposa on this um, about is being a 10-7 round mm-hmm. versus a 10-8 but it, uh, maybe it was probably was a 10-8 but Romanoff just absolutely battered him um, slammed him and, and then just mounted him and just Rocky Martinez was just basically flayed on his arms and I'm trying to defend and and not really defending very well but Romanoff at the same time wasn't really landing very like concussive like damaging blows so um, he just dominated them and then and then got the arm triangle choke uh, which he went for a, a number of times um, but he finally got in the second round there so it was just a, a decimation really but uh, it was mm. pretty funny and then Romanoff slammed his coach in, in celebration which was that, yeah. good to see
0: yeah, that was pretty. I was actually uh, talking about judging 10 I was actually on the California State Athletic Commission did a Zoom call the other day with like all, some, well not all, but uh, a large proportion of like the best judges in the world and some referees and stuff. And they do it like monthly and they went back and watched a few rounds and stuff. So I was kind of just there watching. Very interesting stuff. And I actually I learned a couple of stuff as well about the judging criteria itself. So I'm, I'm thinking of doing that judging criteria video again over the next while. So that's, uh, that's interesting. And they're you know the, why was there
1: do you think that the one your current one's outdated or no, was there new things or... i think
0: there was one specific thing i missed and it's just like i think um andy foster pointed it out on that and i don't want to give too much away cuz it's like a private call but i'm i'm not, it's hmm. just talking about the uh the judging criteria But it's like the first line of all of them of like the 10 7 10-8, 10 9 and it's i, I don't have them up and pull up in front of me now but there's the very first line of all of them in the judging criteria is very specifically written and i don't i don't think i'd fully realized it before i just read it and like you know i read it a couple of times but just reading them all the one line it's like one is by uh a marginal margin and one is by a big margin and one is by like an overwhelming margin or something like that you know and it's I think that's very interesting to the way uh, he especially kind of talked about that but well anyway that's uh, that's another point maybe for another day but give us a rundown before we get into the other fights as well because uh, I I missed the first few fights um, Jalen Turner your boy did, it, uh, he came out with a fucking um, tarantula or a tarantula as <laughs> certain people around Dimmery could call him yeah,
1: exactly. he is 200 tarantulas or something yeah, that yeah.
0: what a weirdo like, what the <laughs> fuck call him from the ufc that absolutely
1: started... imagine being his neighbor yeah. fuck that fuck
0: yeah he's a that man's a mass murderer in the fucking uh, <laughs> that, that's not right like that's there's something wrong with 200. him.
1: Man. why do you need so many
0: <laughs> yeah like why do you need one fucking tarantula like they're oh yeah. uh, they're disgusting I,
1: not oh. for me thanks not
0: nah, me neither and he brought one to the Wayans. if i was at that win, i was like fuck oh one of the best tweets i've ever seen um what remember he remember the name what's his name Oh, what? The, the fighter. Do you know his nickname is Remember the Name? Oh, um, oh, the oh I can't remember. <laughs> this is really? irony. Bilal Muhammad. Bilal Muhammad. He, oh. he tweeted, um, I wish the Tarantula had a little mask on him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what a great tweet. What a fantastic tweet. But uh, he won by rear naked choke. Anyway, how did that go? He won a 420 of of uh, round two, which is... Yeah, sweet. you put
1: a bit of a beating on Brock Weaver. Yeah. Yeah, it was fairly, fairly dominant, dominant win.
0: Yeah, Brian Barberina, how do you look? Uh,
1: Brian Barberina looked great. Thought it was uh, again a dominant, unanimous decision. Um, Bisping, just I look like I love Bisping on commentary. Bisping probably actually my favourite commentator too, yeah. at the moment. However. The lad just has. I know he shied on a lot about judging and stuff, but like he has not read the criteria whatsoever. He kept on talking about like, and I think it was the Sabine Mazo fight, and then into the Barbarina. Just talking about, oh, he's got a takedown there that'll that might steal the round. Mm-hmm. Just constantly perpetuating this whole, oh, that's a takedown that like the judges are going to look at it this way. Uh, they're going to uh, think that they've he won that round because that's takedown that did absolutely zero damage. Um, so yeah, I think there was it kind of made it sound like it was a little bit closer than it was. But I thought Brian Barbarina. Um, completely dominated. And even when I, Anthony Ivey had him down, I think it was the third round, um, Bar- Ivey was pretty much laying on him while Barbarina was l- looking for Camorra attempts and stuff like that. So um, very clear-cut, impressive win by Brian Barbarina.
0: Mm-hmm. Very good. And Sabina Mazza, as you mentioned, got the win as well. I was very impressed with Kevin Croom coming in here on a day's notice uh, against the 37th President of the United States of America, Roosevelt Roberts. He got the the knockdown and the submission was, yeah, I was think great. Gr- 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 he was Hitman. a underdog too. Yeah, he was. I think Grabaki Hitman called it the ninja choke. The, thought, uh, he was going for a McKinsey team, I think, at the start and then kind of turned it into the ninja choke as well. But beautiful. Came in with the the left hand, uh, knocked him down. And, and after that, it was just like uh, 31 seconds. Like, that's not the way. Because remember when we talked about um, the Harjem uh, uh Usman fight? Like, there's two ways to approach a fight where you're taking short notice you either go in there and you try to fight a very very safe game where you like try to pick your kind of big shot like you if you're a fit and if you're you know you feel you can go out and put on your right performance go out and put on your five round or three round performance whatever it might be but you can either pick your shot pick your big shot pick your submission and go for it at the right time and try to be safe outside of that or else you can just go balls out from second one and win in 31 seconds. And that's what Kevin Groom did here. And that's the sort of heroism and the sort of excitement that we need in MMA. I know we're talking, I don't know if it was in the the first recording or the second recording of this, but... We need more excitement in MMA. I think I'm gonna keep talking about, but I think the small cage is really helping to make these fights more exciting. We're seeing more knockouts, we're seeing more submissions, we're seeing more finishes. And okay, especially with the submissions, it's probably because it's a lower level of MMA. You see the undercard here. There's like fucking four submissions and one on the on the uh, on the main card. But I think we need that. And it's cause someone like Kevin Cron coming in here, getting his chance and getting a knockout. That's the sort of excitement we need in MMA. It was beautiful, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it's always nice to see like kind of like a veteran of the sport coming in, yeah. like and finally get, making their stamp on the big stage as well. Like he, he was absolutely elated after the win; like you could tell it meant a lot to him. Um, and like if you look at his record, for example, like he's he's gone through big patches where kind of up and down like there's a patch here where I think he's gone like something like two and five or something um, and then he puts together three wins and, and gets signed on short notice to the UFC and, and has an amazing uh, performance and finish like that so it's great to see mm-hmm, a former uh, Charles Felney Bennett uh, opponent was also he? did
0: he? did he beat him? Yeah, or
1: did, he, did he, he beat him in the first round yeah. last year
0: He fought, I think Sean Alshati tweeted as well that he fought Justin Gaethje and Justin Gaethje's MMA debut I think it was so that's interesting oh. he's, been around, he's been around for a good while so uh, you probably would have called him a fucking can if. Well, <laughs> you make a good point there, though. When guys get to the when guys get to the UFC at this start of stage of your career, like even a Neil Siri, you know, I got to the UFC and was able to have a few fights before he retired, or. You know, Artem Labov, maybe not the best record in the world, or yeah. Tristan Connolly, you know, coming from Canada and fighting that, Mikel Pereira fighting, winning against Mikel Pereira, you know, and even though Mikel Pereira is, like, one of my favourite fighters, I think he's fantastic, but seeing someone like that win a fight like that, it's just, it warmed your heart, and I hadn't really known about him before that, and, uh, you know, I saw the fight, and it was t- I was t- I was tweeting out something about and I think James was interesting, like, you know, he's a veteran of sport, he probably, you know, won't be, maybe not around for too long, no no one was, was never met, but... He, uh, you know, he's been around for a long, long time, and this is not a. a yeah, those, are the,
1: the, those are the type of stories that everyone can get behind. Though, like, yeah. like if any any of those type of like combat sports or, or any sort of, just like the movies where like it's the underdog or like mm-hmm. warrior, like that warrior movie where like your man's like a yeah. school teacher or something, and like he comes in, gets it on the big show. Like those are the stories that people get behind because it's like you just you want a roof for these people. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, like, he, to be fair to him, like he has a twenty-two and eleven record coming in, so it's not like he's um, like it's not like he's a terrible record or anything like that. Right. But, um, but yeah, good True. to see.
0: True, true indeed. Uh, then, in the top of the preliminary cards, Jarry Eubanks beat Julia Avia. Uh, I thought Eubanks got a 10-8 in the second, uh, lost the first and then won the third. Pretty, You know, straightforward enough. What about the judge in here, though? 29-27, unanimous 29-27 decision. Although I think one judge did give the third round a 10-8 and the other two gave the second round a 10-8, so it's not as good mm-hmm. maybe as it looks. Although, the, those cards last night, there was a few mistakes on them, so... I'm not sure yeah, if they were 100% So
1: You pointed out, was it like a 1010 or something? Yeah, there was a 10-10, but
0: they, they rectified that. It was obviously an error with the the computer. Uh, what, I'm not sure exactly what way they're doing it in Nevada now, but um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to, to see the way they're... Putting out the scores like that, they're not putting out a picture of like the them writing down the scores anymore. So it was obviously in our like it didn't matter anyway because the fight uh, got finished. It was just um which fight was it? It was the God. Let me have a look here. Was uh, the Benny Carantio yeah, fight? Or yeah, yeah, no? I think it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was the second round of that fight. Yeah, so I did didn't really actually make a difference. But anyway, what do you think of that Carantio fight? like personally, I thought um Kyle Linton like. Billy Q almost got to finish at the end of round two, and I thought Goddard was just changing positions as he got that little punch. Well, it was not little; it was a big punch for ground and pound. And I think if Goddard had, and it's not, I'm not blaming Goddard or anything. You have to change positions if you're the referee and the, the fight's moving. But I think if he was like a step to the left and had seen it, I think he maybe would have stopped the fight at that stage. And I was saying, I was lucky for Kyle Nelson, but then Nelson came out and got fucking bombed out of it in seven seconds in the next round. So it actually wasn't lucky. He just ended up taking more damage. But Billy Quarantino looks like one of these guys... Who could be good as well, you know? And yeah. a, a weird thing to say, but I think his name helps him. He just has a kind of a cool name, Billy and Q. it's <laughs> it's a memorable name. And I know he's like fifteen and two, and beats Spike Carlisle, who's not a bad fighter in his last fight. And uh, you know, he yeah. a, a fight streak as well. now, yeah. And he beat Cameron Worthy on the uh, on the regional scene a few years ago as well. So he's, he's a pretty good fighter, Billy Q, isn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, lost, uh, I knew it was, I was looking through his record here, I was like, I knew he was familiar, he was on that uh, McGregor tough season, wasn't he? Oh, was he? Uh, I think so, yeah, And he, so he lost his, uh, yeah, I'm looking at it here now, so he lost to Saul Rogers. Mm. Um, I knew, I, rem- I couldn't remember where I remembered him, and then I saw, like, he contender series, I was like, oh, it must be from that. But uh, yeah, eight fights. Um, I think seven or six uh, finishes in those in those eight fights. So you know, he's he's um, he's quickly amassing a very good run here in the UFC, and uh, could be one to watch for maybe a ranked uh, getting a ranked opponent in the near future, or maybe one or two more fights.
0: Yeah, he's pushing. He looks like someone who could fight, you know. Okay, Lamas is re- retired now, but someone like a Lamas or someone like a Chad Mendez if he was coming back from retirement or something like that, but uh, yeah, looks uh, looks a very very good prospect coming through there. Although he's what seventeen fights now, so maybe you couldn't call him a prospect anymore. But he's on his way up there. Another guy, like uh, and we'll get to Angela Hill soon, but I think if you're looking at some of the most improved people in the world in the moment in MMA, Bobby Green for me has to be one of them. He just, I never, like, Bobby Green was a bit of a, and I mean with all due respect, a bit of a weirdo. You know, a bit of a madman. He'd just go in and he'd throw his shots and he'd be talking in the middle of the cage. And uh, I'm mean, Graham used to always say, it, I remember, he used to get punched while he's talking and while he's acting like he's winning the fight, he's losing. And now it's kind of the opposite. He says nothing, he goes in there and he does his job. He's smart, he's tactical, he's technical. Taking guys down, big slams, four minutes of top time with a good bit of ground and pound. You know, that's happened for the, in the first round. The second round was a takedown on top again. In the third round then, it was more striking mess but he still won that, got the late takedown, won the late striking as well. Very good by by Bobby Green. You know, Alan Patrick been around for a good while as well. I, I'm very impressed with Bobby Green. I Like I said, Vince Pichelle. Uh, I saw a couple of other people saying... Uh, Ali, he said himself, Ally Quinta, which I think would be a good fight, but I don't think Ally Quinta is going to take that fight. There's people saying as well, Anthony Perez, Anthony Pettis is definitely not going to take that fight, I don't think. But Bobby Green's on his way up, I think, he, even though he's been around a long time and he's maybe a veteran the sport at the moment. But when you make these yeah. improvements. I, th- I think
1: he's like a great example of how like when you look at mma like records don't really matter all that much or like they can be very deceiving like you don't have to have these undefeated records to to be successful and like you can go through periods of adversity um like when i look at his record here like he's a lot like a lost to barbosa lost to party lost to maga Madoff, drew with vanada then got a win then lost two more and now he's on a three-fight win streak um it's so, like where, like where do you see bobby green in his career like is he now a gatekeeper or do you think he actually has a chance to kind of like push his way up the rankings here uh, with a few more wins?
0: I think he was a gatekeeper for a while, like or was taking up that mantle maybe of a gatekeeper, you know, fighting the likes of Dracar Close coming up and Dustin Poirier when he came up the lightweight and even Edson Barboza back in 2014, just looking at his record here. But before that, he wasn't like he beat James Crouse, beat Pat Healy beat Josh Thompson. Had some really good wins there, but he did, you know, he, he kind of transitioned to that. But now I think he's transitioning back. I think something has changed for him. You know, I talked about it before with Joe McOlgan. Yeah. And I think something's going to click for Joe and just kind of change. And he'll start getting a couple of knockouts and stuff and maybe being a little bit... Uh, and that will help him be a little bit maybe more defensive where he's not taking as many shots. Like, and it's a, in a different way for Bobby Green. Like, I think that, that has happened for Bobby Green. There's something clicked in his mind where... The problem with Bobby Green's game was he was too much of a madman. He was doing too much bullshitting in the cage. Too much talking and not enough fighting. And that has changed. Now he's doing nothing but fighting. He's not talking in the cage. He's gone in there and he's doing what he needs to do to win the fights. And like... What? that's all that that's all that was bo- wrong with Bobby Green, you know. That's all he was. I- all his issue was he was always a good fighter, and we never saw like all we used to see of Bobby Green. And it happens a lot in MMA, is we just see one side of the game. You know, you fall in love with knocking guys out. You knock a couple of guys out, and then you try to knock everyone out, and then you knock no one out. Well, Bobby Green is like right. If I want to knock someone out, I'll knock him out. But let me take him down first. Let, let me wear him out. Let me win the round. Let me you know. Let me be uh, two and a half rounds ahead before I start throwing the shots or something like that. Which for someone like Green who can do that, who's physically able to do that, who has the qualities to do that, I think it's a good way forward to be honest. I think it's very, very smart, but... Yeah. yeah,
1: There's a lot, lot to be said for activity as well. Like you're saying there, like he's doing nothing but fighting. As like from a, exactly. an in the cage perspective, but but also when you look at his last, like his last three fights, is he's on a three fight win streak now, all in the space of three months. Took out uh, Clay Guida, Orlando Vanada and Alan Patrick. So, yeah. um, I mean, I think when when fighters are fighting often and we've seen this a number of times now throughout this pandemic, uh, like the, Brian Keller being another example. I think he dropped one one fight, but like you think he's had four and he's gone three and one or something like that. Yeah. Um, so like these fighters who are fighting frequently, um, it it helps. Like and and we've seen that across the board like it, it definitely helps to to have a lot of frequency and, and staying active and uh, just building that momentum so um if i'm if i'm bobby green i'm gonna continue fighting as many times as i can in the next year and oh, just seeing where it goes
0: yeah some fighters it just suits them as well like artem when he was in the in the tough house he was knocking lads out left right and center and then i remember him I not if we had him in the podcast and he said or he tweeted out or something like he was struggling afterwards. The fact he could only get maybe two fights a year in the UFC, and he fucking hated that. Like you know, and some guys are just like that. They rather be active. Um, and and I think Bobby Green is definitely one of them. Got into a rhythm, like once that kind of clicked for him, and he was able to do it once and it was successful. Then quickly again, and it was successful. And now a third time, and it's successful. That could be a whole change in his career. And it's interesting, very interesting to see where Bobby Green goes. But hundred percent.
1: And uh, not to, not to deviate away from this yeah. guy, but you mentioned Artem. We cut off there, but yeah. So uh, not to deviate from way but we uh, big news about Artem Lobov. He's coming back to MMA. So um, signing with uh, a one fight deal, I believe, with Arena Fighting Championships, uh-huh. um, and he's gonna be fighting in Paris um, or in France. I'm not sure if it's Paris by the end of the year. So uh, great to hear that.
0: Yeah, very good. Yeah, when I heard that, as well, I was I was delighted with it. I think I don't like to see people fighting in Peranokal. Bar- bar- I just think it's a I I don't like it at all. And uh, to see someone coming back to MMA... I think Artem has a lot to offer in MMA. I was surprised to see he was fighting for this promotion. You know, maybe... uh maybe the promotions there a few years ago throwing out big money are not there anymore or maybe this is a promotion throwing out big money so uh, hopefully it's the second one and, and Artem is yeah, I mean, like I can I only would, assume it is because I've yeah.
1: never really heard of Arena Fight Championship before yeah. this I thought it when I saw Oscar Willis putting out AFC I thought it was Aries Yeah, um, I think a lot of people did but yeah a bit surprised by this but I, I don't think we'll see Artem consistently fighting in MMA I know you're saying it's great to have him back but like I saw he's looking at uh, boxing in 2021 and stuff like that so it seems like he's just trying to explore yeah. as many different types of fights as possible
0: yeah fair play like Artem is he's a prize fighter I'd say I know at this age of his career something which I think like maybe even he and a lot of people didn't think he probably could become and you have to respect that you know he's earned a lot of money fighting and had a lot beat fucking Paulie Malanagy in a boxing match like uh, <laughs> that's, that's crazy to think about that. Like, it's fucking no, stop. but uh yeah like fair play to Artem like the thing about Artem is as well I know he's turned into a bit of like a, a running joke and he's kind of gone with it himself so it's not too bad with the whole goat thing and all but uh you know he's Artem whatever you say whatever you want about Artem about his quality and about his record or whatever he goes in there and he fucking throws down and Especially The thing about Artem Is you know his name Everyone listening to this podcast Knows who Artem Lobov is If they saw a picture of him They could tell you who he is Could you say the same about You know Billy Quarantillo Probably not I could I fucking watched him fight last night And someone showed me a picture of him I wouldn't be able to tell you What it's like To be yeah. honest
1: Anytime someone says uh, Billy Quarantillo I just think of yeah. Julian Arosa for some reason uh,
0: Was it him that looks like uh, I took my glasses off I was like Oh there's Dominic Cruz He was like Jumping around yeah. like that. <laughs> I thought it was him But, uh, but yeah great, great to see Artem back Come here to me What about this Fucking Ed Herman fight <laughs> this was, yeah, as Chad Dundas would call it, Dundasaw. Some of the best fucking sandbagging in the history of MMA. Absolutely brilliant. So, so. Can
1: you explain to me what actually happened? Because okay. I, I, this is one of the ones I fell asleep for, to be honest. Right.
0: With so what happened was, first round, Rodriguez came out, hit Herman with a huge fucking elbow. Uh, almost knocked him out, but Herman survived it very well. Second round, Rodriguez was winning again. They got up to the cage. And Rodriguez threw a knee. It hit Herman in the body and then as it was coming down kind of grazed his waist, maybe. But it wasn't the shot going up, wasn't even near his dick, right? Uh, or the one coming down. The one coming down was a little bit nearer, but it wasn't a knee shot, not even or a, a dick shot, not even close, yeah. right? So from that point, uh Ed Herman was like kinda of pulling his arm across to say he got kneed in the balls, even though he didn't. And then the second one. So did straight he, take, he after, five minutes, did he? Or? Well, no, but so he threw that that shot. Straight to the body, came down, almost touched his his cup, but didn't. And even if it did, it was just great, yeah. like it wasn't. And then immediately he threw a second knee in him in the body. And it was after that he like really played it up because he got hurt <laughs> with the knee to the body. But then, a- man, <laughs> then afterwards he said, "I don't know what I was hit with. I'm just know I was hurt." <laughs> it's just crazy. So like, yeah, look, he he really hurt me there.
1: But yeah. well, sure, but just say it was a ball uh, shot
0: yeah. I mean, you were holding your balls like you know. <laughs> yeah, time out, time out time Ref! Out. Whoa! 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 You can't. Be Doing that, but uh, yeah, he so he took his five minutes like he probably took four and a half. I don't, I can't remember. It said it seemed like about 12 minutes, but he took his minutes anyway. Um, lost oh, that, that is, round.
1: That's a man who's had 38 fights it's, previously.
0: That <laughs> he fucking is. That's a man who made his MMA debut 17 years ago at the age of 22. He's been fighting like nearly half his life in MMA. Brilliant, but he came out anyway, hurt bad at the start of the third. Almost finished, um, Rodriguez is on top of him, and what does he do? He pulls out the fucking Kimura out of nowhere, the key locker, I don't know what it was, I was too insane, I was going mad, I was like, what the fuck is happening here? It was, it was fucking insane, but uh, yeah, if this was a real sport, he could probably get this appealed and get it overturned, but it's MMA, so it probably won't be. Um, Green fire. Yeah, like there is a slide, I don't want to even say this because I don't believe it, but there is like... Yeah, if, you know we talk about VAR and there's like a, if the referee gives it and there's a slight touch they're not going overturn it because there's a slight touch like there was a slight 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 mm-hmm. touch here so they're definitely not going over there and it wasn't even a slight touch it just kind of looked like it was a slight touch to like the waist it was like the belly button never leaving you know. Yeah I do, I do think
1: like something not maybe not VAR specific or like this exact same as like the Premier League or whatever but um yeah. I think some sort of video um. Yeah, referencing video would be decenter yeah, in I, certain
0: yeah. scenarios. I don't know. I don't. Know. I don't. For fighting scenarios, I like it like that. But I wouldn't be bringing in for any more. To be honest, I think, I think we sometimes forget it's sport as well. Like, and it's, it's. I hate more videos being brought into to sports. I fucking hate it. Like, I think it makes them actively worse. Uh, I wouldn't like to see it now. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think in
1: in certain sports it works, in certain ones it didn't. It doesn't. Then I think it depends on how you actually use it. Like, I think rugby has it has it pretty well down, oh, where I it's only it's used horrible. in certain scenarios. Um, and like the way I see it is in MMA, if it was where the ref has already stopped the fight, um, for whatever illegal blow or potentially illegal blow, and, and they're mm-hmm. given the five minutes, that's when you could check it uh, just quickly so that you're not actually wasting oh, any more time.
0: That's fair enough. It, it was, yeah, yeah. Uh sure. yeah, but we'll see. Anyway, this Roxanne Matter fight I to be honest, I zoned out of this fight. I, it was, was a classic
1: roxanne a fairy fight. Yeah. It's like every other Roxanne-Matter-Fairy fight you've seen, that was it.
0: Exactly. Just hard-nosed coming out, throwing a few shots early. Yeah. Fair play third her, though. Like, she's made she a she career is, like, for she's herself. She's getting better
1: and better, it yeah. seems. like It's kind of very small, incremental um, yeah, improvements. Yeah. And,
0: but, and Andrea Lee's good, like, and she kind of took her out of her game, which is fair. Yeah. fair I think her, I had
1: a Roxanne winning one and three, and Andrea Lee looked pretty good she, when she started putting it on her in the second. But, um, yeah, pretty... Pretty standard, uh, unanimous decision win.
0: Yeah, I'll take that score from you, fair play. Uh, and then Otman Azaitar beats Kamawardi one minute, 33 seconds. It didn't seem that long. He came out and threw a fucking one-two, job done. I don't know, he threw the... He got into a clinch and threw yeah. big shots in the clinch and then threw a one-two at the end of it. So he, tried, uh, he started off some you know, body hooks or something, or something and then just yeah. worked his way up. Yeah, it's very nice, beautiful. And uh he looks like a good prospect coming through. Then the main event... um Five rounds, right, I'll run through my score before we we, uh, we get to it, so I thought one was Angela Hill, I thought she came out, she looked good, she was setting a very high pace and she was landing shots on Watterson, and actually it was funny because I think Watterson for maybe the first time in a long time was actually landing shots as well, which we don't see too much from Watterson, we should usually see like the smallest woman in in the UFC fighting like a long person's game which is odd but Angela Hill kind of came at her which gave her the room or, or the lack of room even to land some shots uh, but I still think Hill won the, the first and won it relatively comprehensively I thought the second was very close Um I just gave it to Hill but I think Watterson definitely had a show. And if you gave that round to Watterson I don't think there's absolutely anything wrong with that I think it was very very close I, th- I scored it to Hill I, you can look at my tweet last night before the, the fight was over right after this round I gave it to her best on one shot that I thought was a little bit more immediately impactful and that's all it, it takes but uh, yeah I didn't know round... which way to
1: score that one I was just like alright yeah, yeah no. that's it's a close one either way It was very close yeah
0: in the third round in Watterson Uh, got the fight to the ground and won it there you know she landed some good ground pound on top uh, just kind of controlled it there there wasn't much in it in the feet and when you get that top position when you're landing shots in that top position and there's nothing coming back from your opponent you're definitely going to win that round so she won that the fourth round was close as well Uh, I thought Watterson took it with the kind of late sweet chin music she landed landed a few front kicks to the body as well uh, and I thought that was enough the fifth was really close again Uh, I thought Watterson was winning it early she landed some big shots the body as well then hill came on the last minute and i think she just stole her from me through a lot of shots landed them hard knees in the clinch and i think they were probably the hardest shots of that round so i gave it 48 47 hill i don't think there's anything wrong with 48 47 watterson and i definitely don't think there's anything wrong with 49 46 watterson either because the only clear round for hill i think was the first the the second could be either way the third watterson the fourth watterson the fifth either way so I don't see anything wrong with that. What 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 do you think of the fight? Of yeah, it, it seemed
1: like one of those fights. Um, I mean, I I didn't score convincingly one way or the other. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was kind of re it this morning on and, and the same. Like I agreed the first one was pretty clearly held. Second, I had no a clue which way to score it. Uh, third, I thought it was Watterson's. And then the last two were very kind of nit and as well. So don't really have any issues either way, uh, which way the, the scores went. But um, it just seemed like one of those fights where everyone was kind of, Outraged online um, over a decision that really was just unnecessary.
0: Yeah, I, um, I think more of the outrage was for the forty nine forty six because it was a close fight. Uh, even though there was absolutely nothing wrong with that forty nine forty six, but people don't think yeah. of it that way. They just think, "Oh no, man, that was a very close fight. I was nipping." Yeah, I think people life. just
1: hear forty nine forty six and they hear, "Oh, that's a beat down." There's no way she was losing that much. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's not really how no, it scored and stuff. Right. But. Um,
0: like, yeah, I, I think the f- we've talked about it 100 times before, but there can be, like, there could be five close rounds in a fight, and it could be, f- you know, 50-45 one way or 50-45 the other way. And, you know, it doesn't often happen that way, but it does happen sometimes uh, in uh, in three-round fights. But this was one of the those fights where there was three close rounds, and when that happens, uh, or two close rounds, and when that happens, it, c- it can really sway those... Uh, those rounds and, and the, the, the fight itself but for the fight the fight itself i thought it was a better fight than i was expecting to be honest uh, i thought hill did a great job early i think she with bobby green i mentioned earlier i think she's one of the most improved fighters in the ufc and in mma in general uh and she's old as well now she's 35 years of age so it's it's she doesn't have long to do it I, I i don't think where she's going to keep like at her athletic prime, as you know, any, anyone yeah. is at that age. But, well, she, she,
1: she appears to be improving still, though. Yeah, she is. Yeah, and, but... like she's only been fighting since she's what tw- 24. She took yeah. up Muay Thai, so awesome. um, not as many miles on the clock, even though she's old,
0: indeed. But yeah, as we know, getting old ourselves now, it's it's not always uh, not always good to keep going that way. Yeah. I just think that
1: 115 division just seems to have like it, it seems to be like the perfect sweet spot where they can just throw for five rounds straight and just not get tired. Like, th- I'm always very impressed with the output that they have. Yeah. Um, like it was just obviously a very different fight, and that it wasn't as crazy. But like that yeah, Jun Jaecek uh Zhang fight, like mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me of that in as far as like the output, but not as far as the damage goes. Obviously, yeah, I
0: I think oh, on that kind of point, I think Watterson won the fight because she was better able to fight a five round fight. Uh, even though I scored a frail, I thought in this, especially the third and fourth, and even in the start of the fifth, I thought there was a what a 12, 13 minute period there. Towards the end of that fight, where Watterson just kind of took over a little bit, and uh, Hill seemed a little bit tired. And if she hadn't that, if she hadn't got that period, or even half of that period, I think Hill would have won this fight walking away. You know, she was well ahead in that. But Watterson did have that, and she fought fought her way back into the fight. I think because of that veteran savvy, and uh, you know, it's someone put out a graphic the other day of the wins Hill has and she's never beaten someone of of Michelle Watterson's ilk. Now she's gotten close and very unfortunate she's two split decision losses to Michelle Watterson and Claudia Gadelia in a row which is, you know, they were both close fights. I thought she lost the the Gadelia fight and I thought she won this one but, you know, either of them could have gone either way to be honest. Um, But, um, yeah, it's, it's tough for her and I just think that... The fact she's thirty five years old is is holding me back from saying it, but I think it, this will stand to her, and I think she still has a good few years left because, as you said, hasn't taken that much damage. But um, a good performance for her anyway, and sure look, she'll be back. And these things happen in MMA anyway. Uh, right, let's jump on over here and talk a little bit about Bellator. I'm not sure how much you you saw of the uh, the Bellator cards at the weekend, but I'll quickly run through the one on Friday. Um, there was two no contests here. There was a Friday card? There was a Friday card indeed. <laughs> Phil Davis and the auto <laughs> machine. Yeah, there you go. I'll I'll run through it so no, don't worry about it. Um, Tyrell Fortune, Jack May, uh, accidental grind strike, knee right in the balls, and he took him out. And in the other one was, uh, where have we gone? Raymond Daniels against Peter Stenonic, which was maybe the worst ball strike. Oh, sorry, I, I actually
1: did see the, yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, there was a Freddy card. I saw
0: the uh, fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe the worst ball strike I've ever seen. So Raymond Daniels, if people don't know, he's like this... Fucking point fighter, kickboxing lad who does all spinning shit, and he spun and fucking sidekick Stenonic right in the dick, like right in the between the fucking balls and the and the uh, and the dick, and he went down and he was in bad pain, and he got took the full five minutes and got up yeah, and the first, more than five minutes, yeah, it was more than five minutes, but he deserved it. The first shot when he got back up, the exact same shot right to the dick as well, and. Stenonic started fucking away. He was like a banshee in the night, fucking away. Oh, like full on crying. Like he, I was, know, crying I oh, he was
1: I he was, he, was, he was weeping, like, oh. like like openly weeping in the cage yeah. out of just pure misery.
0: Yeah, and with every fucking reason to. I have no idea how this was a uh, no contest. This should have been a disqualification. Like once, once is an accident. Twice immediately afterwards is not an accident. From someone that fucking skillful, he kicked him right in the fucking dick. Like. This, this should have been a disqualification. Well, I know in MMA, we say, oh, you can't say it's, uh, you know, you can't say it's on purpose or not. But he did the exact fucking same thing immediately again and fucking nutted him, like, you know? Yeah. Yes, oh, it was
1: brutal. Like, it was horrible. Yeah. Oh. It's one of those ones where you just, you don't even, I did, I, to be honest, after the first one, I was like, I right, hear, look, just call it. Like, it's grand. Like, he's absolutely fucked. Yeah. Um, and then, like, yeah like he's like oh his reaction he starts punching the ground like you yeah. know I've been there before when you just oh, you're yeah. so mad and you just ah oh, it's jeez I can't even think about it I remember b-
0: before when you... Do you prayers and thoughts. Yeah, prayers, <laughs> thoughts and prayers, yeah. Uh, hug your nuts tonight, as I tweeted. was just my favorite tweet. Do you remember when you, we were young lads growing up? Remember that little flick of the balls that lads used to? Just, just the a, top of their just fingers. Just a tiny one, yeah. yeah. oh, they were horrible. Like, and imagine getting fucking full-on kicked by oh, Raymond Daniels, God. writing to baby makers like, oh, my God.
1: And it just goes up into your stomach.
0: Yeah. Oh, like his his balls are in his tonsils as we speak. Like that's how yeah. fucking bad this. Was so and like, horrible. oh, like, oh,
1: god, it's horrible. Yeah. Like, that, and that's that can fucking seriously do long term damage. Course, like, especially yeah. two in a row. Like. I, think I did tell I thought it was very funny yeah. I thought he took it he took it very well mm-hmm. <laughs> I know he was like crying on the ground and, and that, that had to be called off but uh, when Raymond Daniels went over to him to apologise after the second one he's like it's okay man it's well, okay it <laughs> <you> <laughs> yeah.
0: it's, really mean, your fault. Like, it's
1: like, like it absolutely you. is your fault it <laughs> it is his, yeah. <laughs> he he's just totally kicks you in the balls <laughs> twice
0: <laughs> whose fault is it like <laughs> yeah is it the ball's fault for being there for the fucking kick the tech? I don't know. Anyway, I was managed stuff altogether. together. Uh, anyway. Uh,
1: they should just make Raymond Daniels versus like Paul Daly already or something though because like Richard Kiley. Know, he's, he's clearly uh... he's,
0: only, he's only three fights. He's only two yeah, and one.
1: Look uh, <laughs> I fucking get abused from Richard Kiley for this but I, I don't think I don't know. I don't know if they're in the same league now. <gasps> but, um, oh my god! You sorry, fucking, Richard,
0: You're letting you're letting the side down. Your Irish yeah, MMA shilling. He's yeah, gonna
1: he's gonna fucking deck me next he time should, season, but, uh, <laughs>
0: It'll right save me from getting it right anyway. <laughs> on Richard boy. I think you should get that fight. Yeah, I'm telling your team, Kylie. Yeah, yeah, am, yeah he's
1: calling it for a long time, but uh, yeah. I think it'd be a good fight though. caution.
0: It'd be a bit of crack. Uh, anyway, Lizzie Smith got a good win there as well. Let me just. Where's my notes gone? Oh, yeah. She won round one and round two and lost round three. So uh, Amanda Bell. You know, it didn't look great in the first two rounds, but came on strong in round three and did a, got a good win. Uh, very good win as well for Alex Palizzi beating uh, Rafael Carvalho, and he's one to keep an eye on. Uh, I think he's undefeated, and he was an LFA champion or something like that, and just strong wrestling. Small lad for light heavyweight. I think he'd probably fight down at middleweight maybe again, but uh, just took Carvalho down for fun. Got on top of him and won every round. Very, very good. Uh, Taylor Johnson got a, a he look on Ed Root. One of these uh, things that apparently is not allowed in Jiu-Jitsu. So, you know, just proving again that Jiu-Jitsu doesn't <laughs> even work in Jiu-Jitsu. Like, so, waste, waste of time. You know, it, it works in MMA, all right, at the odd time. But it doesn't even work in Jiu-Jitsu. So, waste of time. But good, good was, stuff from Taylor. John Yeah, indeed. Uh, then I fell asleep in the middle of the Katsangano Gabby Holloway fight. But Katzengano, she didn't look great from what I saw. You know, Gabby Holloway didn't look like the, the lioness killer. Yeah, what's her name? The, oh, the Gabby Holloway is like the worst fucking nickname ever. It's like the Gabby Gabinator or some shit like that. It's one of those. She, yeah, she's the Gabinator. Is, a, is that a, a yeah. terrible fucking nickname? That is, but, that um, is truly awful. Yeah, it's a good look, a good fight for Katzengano to get back when get 15 minutes under her belt and we'll judge her next time maybe. But um, yeah. the main Another event. 145 women's fight, you know. Indeed, that, indeed. That decision Going on strong. Indeed. The main event in Phil Davis versus Leona Machida. Everything you'd expect from Phil Davis versus Leona Machida just I, I, they showed the graphic at the end and it must have been wrong but uh, one of the fighters had f- in total strikes, four significant strikes landed with their with punches and the other one had five That and that was the exact, <laughs> this exact fight. Like, Machida looked fight. so slow. He looked like he looked like a yogurt being emptied into a sink. That's how slow he looked. Like. It was. Just, he was so, he <laughs> That's was, a fucking <laughs> reference. <laughs> he landed nothing. Like there was these rounds. Like Davis at forty two or one hundred and seven. Davis was kicking him to the body, and he won round two and or round one. A close round three. I just gave it to Leora, and he uh, twenty nine, twenty eight. Machida won, or um, uh, Davis won on, on two of the cards, but yeah like I don't understand I think Douglas Crosby maybe gave him th- maybe I'm wrong but uh, someone gave him uh, Leon Machida I find it hard to understand how you give him Machida any of those first two rounds he threw fucking nothing like nothing at least um, Davis was kicking him to the body he kicked him probably three or four times to the body he stopped doing that in the third and that's probably why he lost it but I find it hard to see one of those two rounds going to Machida now I watched it the next day back again uh, so maybe I'm a bit weird but horrible fight let's move on uh, didn't the card yesterday I only saw the main event. Um, but on the undercard Liz Carmouche came back and got a submission rear a choke uh, Neiman Gracie submitted uh, John Fitch and John Fitch retired afterwards the legend he'd be sadly missed not Alleg- allegedly, <laughs> retired. <laughs> allegedly retired, allegedly. Looking forward to his next one. And then Juan Arculeta uh beat Patchy Mix for the um Bantamweight title. I said afterwards Juan Arculeta versus James Gallagher, and I got uh. torn apart by fucking, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the you, American you, uh, media. And all caps, lol. <laughs> yeah, I was like, the American media fucking hate James Gallagher an awful lot? like it's Like, what? He's he like, he's in the mix, like, you know, okay, Sergio Pettis yeah, probably but, there before him, but like, James I, is right there, thereabouts, like.
1: Yeah, but like, I think we also, like, James is, is the big the big fish in Ireland and, ah, and in he's Europe.
0: A big, he's a fucking bigger fish than more than Archimedes. Yeah, th- I
1: don't think you need to rush that, though. Like, I think there's still a lot of time. Like, he's still young and I think he's, like, I, I'd, I'd like to see if James Gallery was going to fight for a title. I'd like to see a bit of activity, like maybe get three fights in the space of a year and like, maybe the third one. In for a title fight like i just think he's had a lot of injuries and stuff as well so it'd be a bit i don't know it's a it's a big ask like i'm not saying you can't do it or anything but i don't know i think there's other fights there like um i think you do one Archuleta versus sergio pettis before you do any other fight and then like i don't know what, what's the story of horaguchi he was injured there for a bit and obviously he's a rising fighter but they've done those crossover events so i think there's a lot of uh, fights at the top that you can do before you put james galler in for a title like yeah. i'd rather see james gallagher face face someone like patchy mix or someone first um or
0: Cal- and know. then go Listen, yeah. I I do agree with this, but that's no fun. Like I I like <laughs> fun. I like. <laughs> I do I do agree. With it. it was like five o'clock. But do you not hour, think you could
1: have more fun out of Gallagher if you kind of bring him up a little bit slower? Yeah, you...
0: The the problem with Gallagher, right, is they have been bringing him up slow the problem is he hasn't fought in like the last fucking year and a half if he had gotten those fights in that time like i think now is around the time you need to be moving galhar faster but the yeah. problem is he hasn't got the Cal fight, though, yeah. fight and yeah and that's i think you do
1: eleanor it. then do patchy mix and then do a title fight
0: yeah if I, you know, like, patchy mix was pretty comprehensively beaten last night i think he's out of the picture now and over speaking while. of patchy
1: mix do, do you think, am i going mad or does patchy mix fight like a diaz brother
0: a little bit. I thought he, uh, he reminded me a little bit of Conor McGregor, like putting up though or even a little bit like James yeah, Gallagher, yeah. even putting the up those put, hands. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly what you mean. Yeah, and like not throwing um, anything.
0: Just, yeah, he
1: just he'd be God. walking him down and kind of like talking shit, but then actually let just ripping him to the body.
0: Mm-hmm. Um I think he probably thought he won this fight. No, he's he seems to be yeah, like one of those. Like, let me just run through it quickly, because I know a lot of people wouldn't have seen it. But round one, Mix mix was on top for the whole round, looked really, really good. Very, very slick, like got the body triangle. And Juan defended the subs very well. He got the 2-1-1 in the hands, but Pachi Mix definitely won that round. And in the second round, there was one of those, another one of those upside-down inverted triangles for Mix. And Juan Archuleta was kind of got his knees and was afraid to stand up in case Mix went for a leg. And Archuleta was hitting the calf and it was brilliant by Mix. As one Archuleta was punching his calf from an upside down inverted triangle, Mix just went around as his hand was kind of landing on the calf, took his back, brilliant, absolutely brilliant transition. But late in the round, Archuleta landed on top. Landed a big shot after a big, big hard knee and I thought he won that round. I thought he stole it. He landed the more uh, immediately impactful shots in that round and Mix didn't land nearly as closely as many shots or nearly as impactful a shots. He didn't get near a submission. Like, he had a lot of control and he had, you know, a, a good position for a long time, which counts if there isn't that big... Uh, output and those big strikes from from uh, so I I think th- This pass. is round two, is it? Round two, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I agree. Yeah, round three. Arquileta was just picking him apart for powerful full round. Uh, Mix has gone forward, but Arquileta just. Destroyed him. I thought it was close to a ten. I gave it a ten nine, but I I wouldn't see a ten eight being wrong in this round at all. Arculeta. Yeah, just let, destroyed lit him. him. Up on the Absolutely lit him up. Closer on the fourth, I think, but still Arquileta. Big John McCarthy acted like this was close to a ten eight, but it wasn't. This was a close round as well. And in the yeah. fifth, uh, there was huge body shots early from Archuleta. Um Miss came back with a few. Close enough round, but I think Archuleta won it as well. I had it forty nine, forty six. Uh, Archuleta could could see a forty eight, forty seven Archuleta, yeah. but I don't see a round for a winning score there for Patchy Mix at all. Thought it was pretty pretty comprehensive. Yeah,
1: hundred percent agree. I think it all like the forty nine, forty six versus forty eight, forty seven really just comes down to which way you score that second round. Um, yeah, 100%. And yeah, both are yeah. generally okay.
0: Uh, well, Ron Bellator, and we move on to the UFC in a second. The obviously the Dublin carrot has been. Um, cancelled unfortunately. I had to save myself 201 euro on the Gibson Hotel anyway, so that's not too bad. Did um, you get a free refund? Did you? I did, yeah. Uh, free cancellation,
1: oh, free for cancellation oh, rather, yeah.
0: beautiful, beautiful. Uh, they're going to Milan, Italy. We, we talked about this in the podcast a while back. Uh, they're going to Italy and they're going to France. So, the first of October in Milan, Italy, which is going to be Paul Daly versus Derek Anderson. Uh, then they're going to have Czech Congo versus Timothy Johnson and Michael Venom Page versus Ross Houston uh, at Bellator two four eight in Paris, France. The first MMA fight in Paris on uh, October the tenth. Then they're going to have Cyborg versus Blinkow for UFC two or uh, Bellator two four nine even, and in Lima versus Musassi for Bellator two fifty. So some very very good fights coming up. Come here to me. What do you think of this MVP versus Ross Houston fight? ooh I mean great fight but um, jeez it's a tough
1: one for Ross Houston coming in his debut to Bellator isn't it
0: I, yeah, I don't understand his matchmaking at all I don't all really all. get it. No. Um,
1: like it, it, it it makes perfect sense for MVP well, <laughs>
0: well no, it no, kind of
1: does doesn't like, doesn't like, like it doesn't
0: for anyone okay, unless it, okay, Ross Houston so, wins
1: yeah. So, hear me out, right? So, it makes sense from from a uh, a level of opponent for MVP because he's fighting the Cage Warriors champion. But nobody really, like, apart from people who are like, paying a lot of very close attention to Cage Warriors, a lot of people don't know who Ross Houston is. So, yeah. they're just going to see, oh, who, who's this lad MVP's fighting? He should win this easy. Um, for Ross Houston, you're coming in, like, as a champion and you're taking on definitely the toughest tests, I would say, in the division, um, apart from maybe the champion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But like, I mean, stylistically, MVP is as tough as a stylistic matchup as you can ask for, really. So it just, it's yeah, it's a lose lose for both of them. But um, yeah, I don't know, um, I don't really get it. Like, I I, lo- I'm, I can't wait to see it, but I don't really get the matchmaking.
0: Me neither. I I think it's. bizarre match making like you know what it reminds me uh, it's
1: a great fight for for us and for it's for the uk audience a
0: great fight for the 17 people in europe who care about like you know um, crossover cage warriors and bellator fights you know it's and there isn't many of them i i just find it very very odd i like to me i remember it was funny myself and patrick were were uh sitting in the man cave there the other day and a video came up of uh Richard Kiley versus uh, MVP in the press conference and uh, I I asked MVP to quit and I was it was a bit ignorant I was like people you know you fought Paul Daly you fought uh, Douglas Seema and now you're down fighting fucking Richard Kiley like what's what's the crack here like why why are you not fighting the best guys in the world why are you fighting a guy who's like 3-1 at, at that stage of his career or whatever and then he did it against another guy like and, no, and Ross Houston is a step up from that I'm not saying that but like MVP should be fighting the likes of Vincent Henderson, or he should be fighting the likes of Michael Chandler if he's gone up and fighting Helter-Wed, Or he should be fighting, you know, Douglas Lima he, he should be there or thereabouts You know, that's where MVP should be He shouldn't be fighting a guy who's very good Who people in Europe know who he is But no one in America has a clue who he is Like, it's a great fight for the European fight fans Or for the UK fight fans But for MVP, right, if he wins And he knocks out Ross Houston okay we'll appreciate it but the people in america will just say ah look this is another region guy he's bellator debut and he's beating him and if ross houston takes away from ross houston as well
1: like you're you're bringing a champion from another organization in that's like reputable and Mm. you're just feeding him to mvp like not feeding him but like if he does lose then it's really just (laughs) it screws him over a little bit like it's just like okay like there's no shame in losing mvp but you're coming in now all one is the promotion and your, championship stat, your champion status kind of goes away yeah
0: makes, it makes such little sense like it feels like they're just burying Cage wires. and oh this is a Cage wire champion let's see how easy we can beat him Like, and I don't think it will be easy because I think Ross Houston is good but yeah very very odd matchmaking good fight at the same time so I'm, I don't want to a lot about I, it too much yeah, yeah great
1: fight to be honest like, I can't wait yeah. to see it but, <laughs>
0: we're um... just negative Nancy's here but, uh, anyway right uh, this UFC card next week is really really good it's the best one we've had in a while I think um, the undercard journey newson versus randy Casson and andre Ulan. the undercard jessica rose clark uh, jordan espinosa david Do- dovorak uh, my boy team sheehan mirsad bektic making his comeback here against lewis gagogori uh, but then the main card really really good kevin holland darren stewart uh, Random Marcos versus McKinsey Dorn I love that fight. Ryan Spann versus Johnny Walker. Ireland's own Johnny Walker. Ireland's own. Kazmat Shimaev, the legend, the, the, the goat killer against Gerald uh, Marshart. Donald Saroni versus Nico Price. Brilliant fight. And Colby Covington against Tyron Woodley. Let's run through a couple of them pretty That's quickly here. Great
1: card. Great, great main card.
0: Mackenzie Dern and Randa Marcos I think that's a very interesting fight because Randa Marcos is good boxing but she, you know Randa Marcos is known as someone who'll take someone down and she'll kind of ride him out on top and beat him from that position and Mackenzie Dern obviously Jiu Jitsu world champion and all that who'd you fancy in that one?
1: Um, I, I think I think I favour Dern Um. I- before, prior to that cyphers fight i would have i would have favored marcos but i think that jern's a very very good since she's come back mm-hmm. um and she looked clinical and i think she can probably get her down and, and get a submission here
0: yeah i agree amber coming an, amber? an-, um, amber? Amber. an amber. yeah maybe maybe there. johnny walker against ryan span like ryan span is a pretty good fighter you know we've seen um we we've seen him in the last few fights. Beat Sam Alvey, uh, beat Devin Clark, beat uh, Lil Lil yeah, beat Luis Enrique as well. So he's on a he's done
1: some streak, isn't it? Pretty he?
0: good streak, yeah. Beat Alex Nicholson in LFA as well before he got to the UFC. Who we eight we've eight seen around so. Yeah, he's a very good fighter. A tough matchup for Johnny Walker. You know, Johnny hasn't had the best time of it over the last while. Um, obviously, losing his last two fights to Nikita Krylov and uh, and Corey Anderson before that, no shame. And that Corey Anderson one, obviously, a very, very good uh, fighter and was right up there at one stage. But, um, you know, I wonder, you know, I spoke to Johnny Walker there last year and he was talking about going over to Firas Sahabi. And I know he went there for a while, but he's been in Ireland for a while now, training in SPG and be interesting to see how that benefits him like I don't think SPG have that many big guys I know they have Will Flory and and uh Carol, Carol Moore, Moore I suppose but how much training has been going on I suppose they are back to it now for the last while all right after the Rona but yeah it's it's interesting to see how Johnny Walker is going to look how what changes he'll kind of make if he's training yeah, mostly I, out of SPG I know? think
1: I'd favor Johnny Walker and I think that if he fights to his ability that he should win um As you said, you you spoke to Johnny before, and he had that. Remember, me were saying he had that crazy. Um, kind of thing with his coach, where it, it, some sort—what was there—some yeah. sort of controversy with his coach, and yeah, they did a big falling out. And he was like drinking um, in
0: his dressing room as he was. preparing yeah, some bad away, shit. Like, and, all, and he wanted more it, money. So it, it, it
1: seems on. like he's been trying to find like a gym to like kind of set up a base and have a bit of stability going. So he seems to have found that at SBG Ireland. He's fa- he's found himself a nice a nice Belfast girl, I believe, yeah. and uh, he's settling down. So um maybe maybe he'll be making Ireland his home. Who knows? And. But yeah, it's obviously it's his, it'll be his first fight, fighting out of SPG. But um, maybe it's that stability that he needs, and and just a uh, yeah, just a team to kind of get behind him. So we'll yeah. see how it goes.
0: Shawnee Walker, we're going to start calling him Shawnee Walker, yeah, Shawnee.
1: Johnny Walker. yes
0: Johnny Walker. Johnny o. Walker. What about? I wonder what Johnny Walker. What's her Johnny is Sean in uh, in Irish? What's Walker? I wonder. There's probably uh,
1: Shaw, Shawnee O'Walker o Is oh, that it? Yeah? O, o
0: Walker, no, 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 just put a foot on it Just put a foot on Egg it Shul,
1: Egg, uh, Egg, Shawnee Shuler sh-
0: sh- Shawnee Shuler yeah, that's, his Shawnee that's his Shuler, new name Shawnee Shuler I love it That is perfect Shawnee Shuler
1: Egg <laughs> Shul means walking For yes. all our non-Irish <laughs> listeners And Irish listeners Who don't speak Irish <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is probably most of them. Uh, right. Do you, actually, do you know we have more um, listeners now in America than we do in Ireland? So that's interesting. Jesus. Yeah, that's go on, the Yanks. Go on. Yup, America. Shout out uh, Atlanta. We have a lot of listeners in Atlanta for some reason. But anyway. Shout
1: out uh, Brighton, Massachusetts. Yeah.
0: Why? Yeah, is, that is, well, is that where your is? You slipped there. All right. Fair play. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, know, just reminiscing. Legend. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, your boy, has Shimaev, is back against Gerald Mercer. Let's go let's go I don't know he's about a, this one like this great is a fight. This is tough, a, fight, for tough fight tough fight I don't always fight the middleweight I don't like this middleweight stuff I love everything Hasman is doing I don't like the two weight stuff just fight a fucking yeah. welterweight. like I don't like that he's All a
1: right. gangster he's a gangster he just doesn't give a shit yeah. um but that could really it could come back to haunt him soon so uh yeah I mean Jeremy Mershaw no no joke yeah. um and I, I was listening to him speaking to the lads on, on the bash and he like he's seriously fired up for this. Like He is, he is taking this as a complete slide against him. He's pissed off at the UFC for coming out and saying that uh, Hamzat's going to fight Gerald first. And then after that, he's going to fight Damian Maya. So like mm-hmm. he's basically been viewed, viewed as a stepping stone right now. And we're talking about a guy that has 44 fights, like 31 wins. Um, like Obviously, he's kind of gone back and forth, wins and losses in recent times. But I mean... He's no joke and he's a big boy and he, he seems like he was talking about how he was basically breaking down how um, Hamzat gets his takedowns and how um, he claps his hands together. But he, he, what Mershart was saying was that all of all, uh, Shimeyev's previous opponents, none of them have been hand fighting to try and prevent the takedown. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know, maybe look for that see if he, if he can implement that successfully. But in his eyes, it's fairly uh, fundamental on how you can stop uh, Shimeyev's takedown. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. Yeah. That's the exact Definitely same iPhone. way
0: with uh, with Habib. Like You look at Gleason Bow and, and uh, how he fought those hands and fought those arms off against the cage. That's how you stop a takedown like that. But it's still very hard. Like, I think clicking on uh, clicking on Mirshart's Wikipedia page here, looking at his last win against Deron Wynn, who's like a small wrestler for that division, hmm. and then looking at his record, 23 wins by submission. That's an interesting Shit. one. Very interesting ah. one. Um, I, like, as I said, He's a big guy as well, you know, Merchart is no joke. He's 6 foot 1, big guy for the, that division as well. So it would be interesting to see that. That's no gimme fight at all for to yeah, You might I can't look at, see this one. Yeah, you might look at Merchart and think it is. And now maybe maybe he'll take him down and he'll destroy him in over 3 rounds or over 1 round or whatever it is. And I probably I think he probably will, but no gimme fight at all and I think it's you. Would, you would be pissed off, of your Murcia, weren't you? Imagine like they they put you in against the biggest prospect, and
1: then they're already talking about his next fight for right after you. Like fucking hell! Yeah. Like lads, come on, I'm I right know here.
0: No, you're all jared. Like calm down. All right, we, uh, get over it. Like fairness, but anyway, um, I don't think there's too much analysis or breakdown to be made in this Donald Cerrone and Nico Price fight. To be honest, oh, violence, just violence. raw, just violence, raw, kicking the shit hope, out of each other. I hope
1: we see the Cerrone who isn't like timid and i think this would be one of those matches where like he there's no expectations for him really at the moment it's not a big fight so i'm hoping it's one of those ones like the kind of the robbie lawler fight where he just comes out and just fights and and, and it doesn't kind of wither like he sometimes does and mm-hmm. um nico price is just a violent violent reckless man so um i think this is a fight of the night written all over it
0: yeah and i think the anthony pettis fight in the last fight was a little bit like that but he went to a decision and it was a close one as well um I think that might, after the McGregor 42nd KO, I think that might have helped him a little bit, you know. So, this will be his third fight in 2020, which, you know, for a guy who hasn't been as (laughs) successful, it's it's pretty good. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I just think this will be a fucking banger. I think it's going to be really good. Uh, And then in the main event, like, I think... I'd be very surprised if Colby Covington didn't absolutely dominate this fight. But the one thing I think for Covington is... It's so and crazy. I think he's fallen in love with striking a little bit too much. Now, I think Covington striking might be the most underrated striking in the UFC. Not to say it's the best striking in the UFC, but it's underrated. It's good. And people think he's absolutely rubbish, just a wrestler. But I think he needs to turn into just a wrestler against Woodley because he'll give Woodley a chance at some stage in the fight. And Woodley Woodley is known for throwing almost absolutely nothing in fights. But against Coving- Covington, I think he might be a bit riled up and he might throw a few more strikes. And I think Covington's best bet is to not allow him to do that. We've seen Woodley in the last few fights. He's been... Like Usman just took him down for fun and just destroyed him in that yeah. uh, in that fight. Gilbert Burns, you know, did the same. Just beat him easily over five rounds. I think uh, I think Covington's wrestling is too strong for the ghost of Tyron Woodley. I don't think Tyron Woodley is what he used to be. Thirty eight years of age now, good bit past winning the title. Uh, I think Covington. If Covington has the right game plan here, goes in and just pulls him down to the ground. I think you'd probably beat him over five rounds, maybe finish him. But it's—I it's, wouldn't count Woody yeah, out
1: totally. Oh, it's, its crazy. Like, like two years ago, like or two fights ago, later or two, whatever. Three, two. So he's had two losses, but like mm-hmm. two years ago, he's just beaten Darren Till. Like this kind of rising star. He's on a, whatever, like six fight win streak or something since uh, since losing to Rory McDonald, and, mm-hmm. and just looking like we talked about kind of Tyron Woody being like the most one of the most intelligent, like the best game planners in MMA, yeah, and like yeah. so methodical and all this stuff, and just the fall from grace has been so rapid um Like when I'm looking at the Colby Covenant fight, and this is going to sound like a very casual take, but I think the fight will be won and lost within the first three seconds. um, And that's whoever takes the center. I think that all we've seen from Woodley the last while is just getting himself backed up against the fence, waiting to, it seems like he's counter-striking, but he's always looking for that perfect shot that never actually presents itself to him. And so he just hesitates and hesitates, gets backed up against the fence, taken down and just mauled out for five rounds. So um, it, it, like it's crazy to me that I'm even thinking. Like I was just expecting that now when he was such a dangerous knockout artist and just very tactical and an intelligent fighter. And uh, but I, I just can't see anything other than Colby just just having his way with him, really, and just dominating. Um, which is weird because <laughs> I think at their at their best, Tyron Woodley absolutely destroys Colby Covington.
0: Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't know about that, but I, yeah, I think it's a very good fight at their best. But I don't like. After the Usman fight, I was like, is that... Woodley now Or was it just a really Really bad off night And he had yeah. that Shoulder surgery as well And that's no joke Shoulders are fucking terrible But then he came out Against Gilbert Menin, or, What's his name Gilbert Burns Gilbert Burns. Got s- destroyed again So yeah, I just I just think that's What he is right now So Yeah, yeah
1: I mean I, It seems like Maybe a mental thing With him Where he's just Really really hesitating And, and not pulling the trigger But um, I know he's, he was Speaking Um, he, he talked about I think it was uh, Masvidal the kind of, They spoke about stuff and talking about like cutting out toxic stuff from his life and stuff. So maybe, maybe it was the case that Woody, when he was champion, was taking too much on. Like, I know he was trying to like do all this TMZ stuff and launching his rap career and all this other, these outside kind of external factors going on. And, um, and maybe the Falling worst in rapper in history. In um,
0: but Falling yeah, no, 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 i <laughs> fucking out.
1: <hell. laughs> Oh god, terrible, oh, anyway, just terrible,
0: <laughs> just terrible. Guy. What a fucking legend, anyway. Uh, right before we go, let's answer one or two questions. There's been a bit of movement in the the lightweight division. First of all, let's uh talk about this for a second. The Tony Ferguson Dustin Poirier fight. You you kind of fucking went mad about it there, saying Dustin Paria, pay the man, we need to make this fight. <laughs> I tend to agree, I tend to agree. I saw someone the other day saying there's too many good fights on that upcoming card, the uh the the Habib one, which was like, oh, "Shut the fuck up, please. We don't need that." But. If they can move this, and it feels like they're not going to move it and put on another card, but I, if th- if they were going to do that in this day and age, I would find it understandable because the cards these days are sh- fucking shit, and if you got that fight on a card, I, with the other cards good enough anyway, I I would understand that. Even though I'd rather it be on, and just have a mega card, but it feels like they want to get someone else to fight Tony Ferguson. They just don't want to pay Dustin Poirier the money, and that's
1: they just don't want to pay anyone.
0: Yeah, that's terrible. That's the fight to make, really, isn't it? That's, it's
1: a recurring theme. Always, you just like it just annoys me like it's just pain like it's not like Dustin Poirier is one of these like dramatic fighters in the media where he's like oh I'm not going to fight anyone I'm, I'm only I'm going to sit out for a year or two and, until I get my money fight that's not what he's asking he, he'll fight whoever you want just pay him like he's had so many fights even when he wins he takes an absolute beating like he's putting his health on the line every single time and I know every single fighter does that mm-hmm. and he's not like he's not a, a huge pay-per-view job or anything but like he's Mr. Reliable for you who will always be in and around the top five of whichever division he's in and putting on fantastic fan-friendly fights the exact type of fights that Dana White wants and he says that he rewards fighters for so why aren't you rewarding Dustin Poirier here just mm-hmm. pay him he's not going to be I, get, I doubt he's even asking for anything crazy mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's crazy to me. It's, they always say as well, they want to make the fights the fans want to see. And we want to see yeah. this fight. There is isn't and there is no fan in the world who doesn't want to see Tony Ferguson versus Poirier. We all want to see that fight. So just make it happen. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. uh, and I suppose we must mention Conor McGregor as well. Got found himself in a, in a bit of trouble over in France this week. Look, always with this sort of thing. We wait, the everything comes out. He's denying everything. His team came out yesterday and gave a... I think Tariq Hawani and said he's denying everything that happened, so we'll wait. Obviously, yeah, until it's hard to know
1: kind of what's going on there. Yeah. Like, um, I retweeted a, a an article from the Mirror, and like, there's there's a lot of different headlines going around. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I, I actually <laughs> I ended up deleting that. Uh, I was like, oh geez, this is because uh, like basically some of the headlines are saying sexual assault, some of them are saying mm-hmm. or attempted sexual alleged attempted sexual assault. Some of them mm-hmm. are saying indecent exposure or something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on, like yeah I don't know. i'd every, like to hear what, what actually yeah, happened every
0: report out there f- over in france and from TNZ and all yeah. there's been no details given of anything so yeah, the, let's wait all the, see all the
1: information seems to be coming from the, the local police saying mm-hmm. that it was att- uh, something that can be deemed i think is the way yeah, the phrase it, it yeah. can be deemed as sec- attempted i think thought. the
0: ones in if you look uh, someone sent me an article from france and i, I saw two articles from france and they were very different to the ones that came out in America and Ireland and the UK. So I suppose we'll, we'll wait to see. But yeah. the, the thing about Either, it look, well, like, either way, it's, it's yeah, not a
1: good look. Just, it's not like... It's yeah. once again Conor McGregor finding mm-hmm. himself in the, in the headlines for something that sounds yeah. awful. And the thing about it is uh-huh. we,
0: we were talking about him not too long ago and we are like, he's done a great job of keeping himself out of the headlines recently, yeah. you know, and keeping quiet. But it's it's weird because we are talking to Ken Early there a couple of weeks ago on the podcast and we are like... I asked him about, like, oh, what's his thoughts on Conor McGregor these days and stuff. And he was like saying, I don't really, you know, I don't really think about him anymore. And it's not something that's in the, the psyche around here. And it's funny because I felt that a long, long time in MMA as well. And we had him for like a couple of weeks around the Cerrone fight. But it seems like every time you hear about McGregor now, it's either in like the gossip columns or in like yeah. the front page of a I new saw a Jimmy Smith tweet that he
1: put out yesterday being like, people always ask me, do I hate Conor McGregor? He's like, I absolutely don't hate Conor McGregor, but I hate that he's constantly in the mma headlines without actually mma fighting is the way he phrased it so i mean obviously he fought yeah. serone back back in last year but i think some people are getting frustrated by it. It's, it's it is it's just a lot of celebrity tmz style like news that we're hearing right now when people just want to see him fight
0: yeah indeed um okay one or two more questions before we go um i think sean Dinny said there, are downs fighting next week and i had no idea about it that seems to be happening a lot these days. I think it's. Uh, there's so many. At least before we had. We always had loads of cards for the last few years, but these times there's like non stop cards all the time. And I think that's going to keep happening. Last question here before we go. Uh, non MMA question. What's one piece of advice you'd give to your younger self from. Uh, I think that's Christopher Graham, is it? It is. Andy, what would you give your advice oh, to yourself?
1: Well, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> um, I'd say don't give if, if I'm talking to my younger self in school or something don't give a fuck what people think about you and I don't mean that as far as being a dickhead or anything but like a lot of people try and try and uh, mold their personality in a, into a certain way to appease other people and yeah. to try and be cool um whereas just just be happy just work on yourself and and, and have a good time and fucking don't everything will figure itself out be no grand.
0: worry. be happy
1: that's my motivational speech today. Yeah, don't, don't change your personality to suit dickheads
0: yeah i i would agree with that though. my my um my doors i'd say to myself would be don't watch mma that would be that would be my <laughs> to be honest. just stay away from that fucking shit uh yeah yeah i don't know yeah probably just go to bed. Watch MMA in the morning. Maybe that would be my my advice. Yeah, great, great advice there, Sean. <laughs> advice. <laughs> <laughs> Taking it seriously, as always. Um, right, thank you, Andy. Any, anything thanks. to tell people about her? Uh, um, no, just one, two, just some.
1: Uh, we're, we were complaining about kind of shit cards and all this stuff um, mm-hmm. just with the, the, the amount that's going on right now and, and the, the dilution of fights uh, in the UFC and stuff like that but there's a lot of great fights coming up on the mm-hmm. European scene the Irish scene and um, a lot of cards coming up so obviously we've Cage Warriors the trilogy coming up now mm-hmm. um, Bellator there's going to be another announcement apparently this week like it's pretty common knowledge that there's more fights in Milan mm-hmm.
0: see a lot of the Irish fighters announced. on that too as well yeah,
1: about it. yeah so I think we're going to get a, a heap of announcements uh, mm-hmm. I, well, I've I, every week I've said it's going to be this week, so uh, I'm not, I, it has to be this week. There doesn't, they, we're getting there's supposed to be a card on the 24th and the 26th, so um, that's 11 days away. So yeah. I hope this an announcement next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, commiserations to poor old Johnny Red John Redman's yeah. Johnny did as well. He flew all the way over to Spain for a Shield fight on yeah. Fight World 2 or with you yeah, have John Michael Shield and uh, and yeah, it got cancelled as soon as they got there. So mm-hmm. that was the second time that card had been cancelled on him, so uh. Yeah, it's it, look. It's it's shit times for for fighters when they're trying to get fights and stuff like this. And that pro Bellum card was cancelled there at, at the last minute as well. And, yeah, so hopefully, hopefully fighters can get on cards and get paid and and uh, get active. So
0: who's the fuck? There's actually an Invicta card next week as well. The uh, atomweight title is on the line. Ashley comes. Oh, sorry, versus... King Cowley as well. Oh yeah, when's that fight on? King Cowley's fighting
1: this week on Thursday. Oh yeah, so he's fighting Ahmed Amir. It's tough tough fight. fight, I'd said originally. You kind of. Pulled the reins in on me I was saying Oh that's a great matchmaking And I kind of have I've come around to your way Of thinking where Maybe they should have given him A bit of an easier matchup Just to get back in the win column Um But yeah Because like That's obviously like I think Keane is capable Of beating this lad But um if he loses Then it just looks terrible On his record Even though it's a tough fight
0: That's the SVG way though Isn't it They've always In fairness I mean, You can say what you want But they've always taken Tough fights You know Peter Coelhoe Artem Lab, all them boys coming through They've yeah. always done it So I, I wouldn't agree with that way of doing it, but look, that's the way of doing it, and it'll, you know, it's live by the sword, die by the sword. But yeah, fair play. We talked about it again last week, I think, but yeah, tough fight. Um, just in this Invicta card as well, uh, Lisa Verzosa is coming through here as well. Jessica Del versus Harisia uh, Tuburcio. She's been around for a good while as well. So there's a few fights in that and a few up and comers as well on that card. So uh, always good to see Invicta back. You know, the, the two big fights. Uh, last night on the UFC and there was one big fight as well in Bellator all I think all four of them had fought in Invicta or all six of them or whatever it was so you know Invicta is something we don't talk about much and we don't see much but it's doing very good work in the background for women's MMA and we need it you know and like Cage Warriors those for the European MMA or LFA and those ones over, do, over there do for uh, men's MMA and women's MMA as well but um, in in, uh, in America and in, in the UK and Ireland and Europe uh, Invicta is very important as well so hmm. give them Which show. fight
1: are you looking forward to most on the Cage Warriors cards?
0: Uh, do you know what I watched (laughs) I watched some of the fanny fights there during the week the Gerardo fanny fight were you laughing there (laughs) no I'm sorry (laughs) but uh, (laughs) that's a great fight do you know that um, he hits hard doesn't he he hits hard but he's He's so strong on the ground for a small fella. He reminds mm. me like a small Derek Lewis because he gets taken down <laughs> yeah, just and he up. just stands up. He's so strong, or he lands on top and he's a ferocious top game. Really good submissions as well. Like I think Jack Cart- Cartwright, if he goes forward and pumps shots right down through the middle, I think he'll probably finish him. But Fanny's no joke. Like he's a he's a very <laughs> good fighter. I'll that Paul Hughes fight as well against uh, God. What's his name now? I, I watched some of his fights the other day. Aidan uh, Stephen. Aidan Stephen. He's he's the type of guy who just go it across would. the cage and try to take yeah. you down and you know Paul Hughes is obviously improved an awful lot in Jiu Jitsu but we know him kind of as a striker but he he's gonna yeah. have done that to a couple of guys before as well that'd be an interesting fight because Paul Hughes
1: very tough test
0: uh, yeah it's a very tough test and he likes you know he's been posting pictures of himself in the gym and getting his cardio going I'd say he wanted for that fight you know that's going to be a tough f- fucking hard paced fight uh, and that's a really good one as well that Ian Gary fight as well tough fight so a lot of Irish guys coming up um and uh, geez, I, I actually looked through all of those fights the other day Because thinking we were going to be breaking it down But again, it's fucking <laughs> next week So uh, I have, I'm have i prepared for that fight <laughs> fights yeah. anyway but, uh, And I'm
1: hoping to speak yeah. to I know you'll be talking to a few lads as well I'm hoping to speak to as many of the, the Irish guys as, as we can um, Prior to that So hopefully we'll have a, a lot of interviews
0: yeah. Coming your way into Vera MMA. Yeah, if anyone uh, if anyone wants to talk to me Just reach out there Because I'm very fucking lazy these days But uh, yeah, we, we, we will, we will, we will Right that's it. Fucking big long podcast this week. Thank you yeah. Andy. Hopefully it recorded okay. <laughs> if it didn't run Well I'm going off on a hike yeah. so. <laughs> right. I are <laughs> on your mind. own. <laughs> big rant. Right. That's it. Thank you everybody for listening. All that's left to do is give the inspirational quote of the week. Never lie to someone who trusts you and never trust someone who lies to you. We'll see you next Tuesday actually we might actually be next monday i don't know if i don't think the podcast will be out next sunday maybe but i think it'll be next monday next week so thank you see you next monday god bless you all good luck